Welcome to your Friday. Even though it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're listening to Crooked News, where we bring you uh, crazy news, hilarious history, and sometimes a listener story if you ever send them in. <laughs> <laughs> We're still waiting for more. Mm-hmm. Still waiting for more. The first two we got were amazing. Yeah. Would love to hear from all of you. Yes. <laughs> we'll seriously do a it's whole episode free. of just listener stories if everyone sends one in. Yeah, anything that has to do with any of the topics that we've covered yeah. whatsoever is welcome. You've got like 50 options. So Yeah. More. <laughs> yeah, more than that. Yeah. Way more than that. And also, we missed our anniversary. So, yeah. happy anniversary. <laughs> We're too busy. Yeah. It's a really crazy uh, beginning to the year for both of us. It'll yes. calm down once April hits. We just have a um, couple more weeks of nuttiness. Yeah. Um, so Things will chill. Yeah. <laughs> and we can get back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Please, God. Then it'll get crazy again. Please, God. Well, if I can just get through March, if I can just do that, like, Mm -hmm. I'll be... Yeah. 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 Um, So, yeah. I'm in the process... Yeah, I'm in the process of helping close the store um, and then transitioning into a new store and um, also internship in school, which all of those things are really... Well, not the store closing, but like school and the internship are really fun. But um, trying to do that and also having but, to work as much as I am has been yeah, sucky. Time so, consuming. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the news kind of sucked this time around still. No! But I did I did find one from okay. America's finest news source. And I'm not going oh, to no. te- I'm not going to tell you what it is until after I've read the article. Okay. But it is wonderful. Okay. Um, oh, you thought you were being sarcastic. No. Okay. I was like, oh, God, it's Fox, isn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but this article is kind of short, so we are going to go back to the Board, uh, board Panda article today as well. Okay. Just for some lightheartedness. Just for some fun, because we yeah. need a laugh. Yeah, we really do. So we're no longer sick. <laughs> so that's on the up and up. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of us are coughing our brains out anymore. Well, let's pray that I don't get the flu because my mother has the flu. Um, yeah, my my next door neighbor at work has the flu. Yeah, it's great times. Um, and he touches the coffee pot more than anyone, so we're all gonna fucking get it. Oh no. <laughs> Oh God! Y'all need to Lysol real quick. I'm not gonna get it. Knock yeah. on wood. I've decided I'm not gonna get the flu. Yeah, <laughs> Lysol the fucking coffee pot. Um, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so Clorox wipes. Yeah. So um, this this was posted on February 5th of this year. Okay. And uh, the title is just "The Sims Turns 20." Oh no. So, what? Life simulation video game The Sims debuted on February 4th, 2000, becoming one of the best-selling series of all time. This new source looks back on important moments in The Sims history as it celebrates its 20th anniversary. 
So okay. when when you play The Sims, all what? you do <laughs> is you get really addicted for four hours, and then you put it down for ten years, and you don't yeah. play it again. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's a fun game <laughs> for all of us. That's what my husband. My husband just got it not too long ago to try again, and he was like, he played literally played it for one night. Oh, <laughs> hasn't touched it ever again. Oh my god! I've actually never played it because I never saw the point. It's really, it's actually really fun. Is it like Second Life? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I don't see. That's where I, I have to draw the line for myself on games because I have an addictive personality. And so mm-hmm. if it's a game that's endless like that, yeah, and you can't really win, then I get sucked in and it takes up way too much of my time. And you see, you see what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just can't. I can't go there. That's what, the same reason I haven't touched drugs. Yeah. So <laughs> like one vice at a time. So that's like that's my line in the sand with... With video games, is it's an RPG game <laughs> with an end, yep, <laughs> and a storyline. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I just bought Detroit Become Human for myself. I'm very excited. Mm. Um, I played it like I rented it once, and I played it, and I loved it. And uh, then it finally went on sale, and I was like, okay, well, buying it. Got it for thirteen dollars. <laughs> um, Girl, I got Lego Incredibles for like sixteen bucks. At Christmas. Oh, nice. That game is is really fun. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, for those of you, I don't know if we've talked about this on the on, on the air or not. I am addicted to Lego games. That's all I play. <laughs> she is. Except for Diablo 3. Yeah, except for Diablo 3 that I play with my husband. And apparently there's going to be a new Diablo coming out. I'm so excited. Yeah, um, I heard that. And then um, the, occasionally I go back and play through the Jack and Daxter series. <laughs> and... Um, I attempted to play Borderlands and got mad at Josh because <laughs> he left me. Oh, he just like ran off and left me. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't know where to go. Rude. <laughs> yeah, He thought it was funny. Of course. Yeah, of course. He just kept leaving me to die and respawn. <laughs> That's so, <laughs> so rude. That didn't work out. So. Um. <laughs> Uh, but I love Lego games, though. I will play those things start to finish, and I will play them to a hundred percent. Oh yeah, I will not quit till I get to a hundred percent. And those games are fucking long and awesome. If you've ever, if you've never played them, they're really hard. <laughs> I've never gotten through one without needing a walkthrough because those puzzles are weird. Oh yeah, but I like it. I like it because they're puzzle games. Yeah, and they're funny. I do it to relax, so I'm not trying to play through all of the. Uh, oh, what's the one where everyone dies all the time that my brothers played through? Fuck. Oh, crap. Now I'm not going to remember. <laughs> I don't know. I'll find out. <laughs> we'll circle back. All right. They're beautiful. And you like literally die every two seconds until you build up something. Oh. Until you build up skills, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, I really like things like Elder Scrolls, um, mm. which they're coming out with a new one of those, which I'm really excited about. Um, I like Final Fantasy. Um, I like any RPGs. Yeah, Josh likes those too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I need to play through The Witcher. I need to give that a shot. But well, I also I really want to play Last of Us, and I really want to mm-hmm. play. Um, That's a good game. Okay, oh yeah. So I only play Lego games, but I really like to watch my husband play them. Mm-hmm. Play the cool ones that I am too angry to play. <laughs> <laughs> I will throw a controller. I used to um, watch PewDiePie play games all the time. That's how I kind of yeah. 
um, discovered my taste. Um, yeah, for sure. Like I, I love to watch Josh play things like The Witcher and things with like a really good story. We we mm-hmm. usually um we w- one thing that we like to do together is we like to get the uh, uh, the Telltale games and then I make the <gasps> yes. decisions and he does the stuff. Yes. Oh my God. So there's a. I get too stressed. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to just tell him what to do and then he'll do all the fight scenes because I get stressed out. That's awesome. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there was really one. Fun. There was one that I really liked, Beyond Two Souls, and then mm-hmm. there was another one um, about. I can't remember the name. It's by Naughty Dog, but it's an oh, RPG. Naughty Dog makes awesome games. Yeah. That's my favorite company. Yeah, but it's a. It's an RPG game where you're trying to figure out who the serial killer is. And um, it changes depending on how you play it. What? Okay, you're going to have to find out what this is called. Yeah, hold it immediately. Hold hold on. Let me. I used to have it. No, keep on with your story. Just write it down or something and we'll have to look it up later. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We've been on this tangent for far too long. I did also play through half of Until Dawn. It's amazing, but I got really scared. (laughs) I. I I downloaded that. Um, it's so fun. Yeah, I downloaded it, but so I haven't played twists. through it yet. Oh my god, you will love it. Yeah. Um, nice okay, little girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, The Sims. So we have a little timeline here. Um, okay. Four hundred fifty thousand BC. Whoa! What the fuck? A giant sloth steps on a caterpillar and sets highly specific events in motion that led to development of The Sims 452,000 years later. No. (laughs) Okay. That's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) If that sloth had stepped on a cockroach, things would be very different. Yes. Come on. Yes. They would be. (laughs) Oh my god. This is Sorry, I don't believe that shit. <laughs> Carrie, this is not supposed to be taken seriously. Okay, good, because I'm not taking it seriously, and you're not laughing, so I feel like I'm being mean. <laughs> I'm just tired. Okay, <laughs> but well, wake the fuck up. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so- <laughs> Alright, so 1991, oh, after losing his house in a fire... Will Wright comes up with the idea for The Sims while wishing he had a guilt-free way to inflict the pain he felt on someone else. Oh my god, that's dark. <laughs> yep, we went there. Good <laughs> <laughs> lord! 2001, or, sorry, 2000. The Sims release introduces players to second place they can battle crippling depression. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Here, is, is one life not enough for you to keep up with? No. <laughs> Come be a failure in this one, too. 2001. <laughs> Sims enjoy an uneventful, cool September day. In the game? Yes. <laughs> 2000. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> 2002. I bet I, I bet I know who wrote this. And Daniel showed you his Sims having sex, and then you couldn't go to his house after school anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! 
Um, oh, it, my cough's back. Look what you did. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, 2004. Existence of mother load cheat code gives entire generation unrealistic expectations of how affordable it is to furnish entire house. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Lord. 2012. The Sims Free Play mobile game ensures millions of players never without EA tracking services. Oh, Lord. <laughs> what? 2014. The Sims 4 debuts and is, you know, fine. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> 2019. Derek Paulson. It's just of- another version where you can have a pet. Like, it's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. It's the same game. <laughs> I don't know why they keep releasing more versions of the same game. Because oh, they want you your money. In your, you can get shiplap in your house now. <laughs> <laughs> jo- you can pay for the Joanna Gaines package and you get the... <laughs> oh, oh, God. The Magnolia treatment on your house. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, That's hilarious. 2019, Derek Paulson of Manchester, New Hampshire, tearfully ends his Sims' marriage to reflect real life. What? Are you serious right now? (laughs) That is what is written here. What? He got divorced and then divorced his wife in The Sims as well? Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. And oh, um people are strange. That was from the <laughs> onion. Oh, okay. That's not what I thought it was. I thought it was something else. No, it was just I thought I was gonna guess mental floss because we're always on mental floss. <laughs> no, I just but yeah. That's funny. I went with the onion today because the actual <laughs> news sucked. And I thought that's that fair. was funny. Oh, speaking of actual news, you guys, um, Hang on, let me find the episode. But uh, my favorite murder, the my favorite murder episode, I was getting caught up um, this morning while I was getting ready for work. Mm-hmm. And um, Karen and Georgia, it's episode 207, Not Enough Ednas. Um, Karen and Georgia both cover cases that were cold and and or people were wrongfully, like blatantly wrongfully accused. Uh-huh. Um, they cover. They both covered cases where they just in the last month have made headway, and either convicted someone or overturned convictions of wrongfully convicted people. Like in January of 2020. Oh wow! So if you want some super juicy, awesome current events <laughs> that will make you happy, like through familial DNA and through like going back and saying, okay, you were super fucking corrupt back then. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna sue the shit out of you because we were wrongfully convicted. Like that's all happening, and it's awesome. Wow, I probably should have listened to that <laughs> and found yeah, something. And one of them, one of them is a crazy fucking uh, serial rapist in Florida. Oh my god! They, found. they finally arrested the dude through familial DNA. Oh shit! Yeah, like so, like one of his grandkids or something. Um committed a felony and they have if you commit a felony they are by law legally obligated to get dna samples from you and upload it into codis for future reference uh-huh. and they uploaded him and it pinged a, 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 a similar like whatever the fuck i don't know how it works familial it, it indirectly pinged 
a marker of some sort in this dude's like multiple semen samples he left everywhere in the 80s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And they found him just like the, uh, which was enough for a warrant. And then it was a match. Just like the Golden State Killer. It's awesome. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. This guy was super fucking creepy. I think he was almost worse than the Golden State Killer. You got to listen to it. It's so scary. Oh, God. Yeah, I will have to listen to that because, wow. There's several survivor stories of people like kicking his ass and shit like that, too, that are awesome and hilarious. And Uh Karen tells it and does just the most brilliant job, of course. So it's really good. And then there's, of course, some kids that were... It was a lot of... um, teenagers of color that were wrongfully convicted of murders Mm -hmm. evidence fully fabricated by the corrupt police and things like that that are now getting overturned finally like these kids got 60 years in prison and shit like that oh my god yeah yeah georgia told two stories because they were both not a ton of information on them so oh wow yeah it was crazy Fully fabricated ev- evidence <laughs> on the part of the police. It was really bad. That's insane. Yeah, it was really bad. But both, but so good because things are getting fixed. That's so, awesome. Yay! That's awesome. Okay. Do you um, have a? Do you do you say you have your board panda thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yay. I, okay. Um, I remembered what that game was. By the way, it was called Heavy oh, Rain. Yes. <gasps> I have heard of that game. PewDiePie okay. does a wonderful playthrough of it. Um. And it's it's just amazing. You should definitely look it up. Um, and yeah, it's yeah. like it starts out with I this. I feel like Kamal, Kamal Nanjiani has a joke about that game. He probably really does. Good. It starts out. It starts out in a really dark place. Like the poor, yeah. the poor main character. Like he loses his son. Like one yes, of his kids. That's exactly the game. Yes. Yeah. Because he was like, he was like. He, he's he's got his whole opinion because he's a big gamer he, and he's mm-hmm. like you know games video games today are the only thing that i think will never be like uh, they're, they're as good as they're as they've ever been ever <laughs> like you know there's some movies back in the day that are so amazing that you know we can't quite capture today or you know stuff like that but he's yeah like, video games will always be this awesome and and continue to get more awesome and he was like, you know, like heavy rain, for instance, like your son, your son is murdered or something like <laughs> that and because of your negligence. And then your wife leaves you and you have to heat a burrito and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you have to save your your remaining son from a serial killer. And he's like, if you'd come with come up with that idea in the 1985, a guy would be like, I can give you a yellow circle. <laughs> <laughs> And you can eat all the yellow circles. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll put the rest of your story in the manual. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I oh. slipped into a tiny little bit of his accent. His Pakistani. And I, it's it's so much funnier to hear him tell it, too. Because his accent makes everything hilarious. Oh, yeah. He's so fucking funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, it's a really good game and I want to, I want to get it again. Like I sold that and Beyond Two Souls when I sold my PS3 and now of course they're making the PS5 backwards compatible because fuck me. 
So <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's amazing because I'm sick yeah. of buying things over and over again. That's just such a waste of money. Yeah, and it's gonna be 4K enabled. So nice. One step closer to my 4K collection. Um, there you go. Yeah. So um, board panda. We're only gonna do a All few right. of these. <laughs> Focusing. <laughs> <laughs> so doctors. Uh, wow. Sorry. Uh, doctors of Reddit. What was your dumbest? Reddit, I am very smart patient experience. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. A related story from my friend, a gynecologist oncologist. Wow. A gynecologic oncologist. I, yeah. Oh, shit. It's been a day. Um, (laughs) Well, that's a mouthful right there. Yeah. Um, Basically, a woman had early uterine cancer but refused surgery. She wanted to explore alternative treatments like coffee enemas and meditation. Coffee enemas? Uh-huh. Oh, my God, Kay. Sorry, sidebar. I was, I accidentally, well, I didn't accidentally. I turned on, I was flipping through Hulu, and I turned on My Strings Addiction. Oh, no. Guess what the addiction was? Oh, no. I don't want to guess. It was coffee enemas. No, it wasn't. Yes, they were giving themselves, like, three coffee enemas a day oh my god what the actual fuck and then like at one point she said that she her addiction got real like peaked and she did it like six times in one day once no yeah because it's like a rush you you absorb the caffeine way more through your butt you know what i'm saying she and her husband they buy all this coffee and spend all this time on their bathroom floor Three times a day. Everyone hated that. Squirting <laughs> coffee. Squirting coffee up their butt. <laughs> Everyone hated like, that. I, yes, they're all like, I prefer this type of blend, and I prefer more of an espresso blend, and blah, blah, blah. It's not because they're drinking it. Huh? They, like, go to Whole Foods and spend serious money on on all this coffee. God, it's so crazy. Every it's day, so crazy. every day we and stray further from God's sanitary. light. It's just, I can't, oh my God, Kay. <laughs> it's just so insane. They're sitting there with these like nasty tubes up their butt. And she's like, that's when I check my, that's when I check my Twitter and check my email and play games on my phone. And I'm just like, how has this kind of time? Or money. <laughs> Like seriously, they must both work from home because it's crazy. But yeah. Anyway. Oh sorry. God, I hate that, that. Sorry, this is sidebar nation this time. <laughs> but, oh um, my God. Oh my God. But this woman somehow managed to get an audience with the Dalai Lama, who told her to go back to Western treatment. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Um, no, coffee enemas don't cure cancer." No. <laughs> If they did, we'd all be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, number, uh, let's see here. Number 23. Reddit. What's your top holy shit that worked moment? Okay. Had a laptop slide backwards off my lap, hit the floor, and stop working. Showed me an error screen, and it wouldn't start back up. Decided to turn it over and drop it from the same height onto its opposite side. Why not? It's already broken, right? And it started working again. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, why not? What do you have to lose? Just knock it back in place. Oh, that's so funny. 
Um, okay. What are some good weird questions to ask someone to get to know them better? What do you okay. hate? What do you hate? Yeah. All right. Seriously, you can have nothing in common with the person, but as soon as you realize you both hate the same things, you'll feel like that dude is family. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. That's true. <laughs> it's sad, but true. Yeah. Hate is very uniting. Oh, yes. <laughs> Teachers of Reddit, what's the difference between 1997, 2007, and 2017 students? Oh my god, everything. 97, quit passing notes. 2007, <laughs> quit texting. 2017, yes. are you seriously watching Netflix right now? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh man, some of our smart boards were like Bluetooth enabled and they were hacking. No! Using their phones, yeah. No. Turning them on and off. That's yeah. that Little is shits. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't very funny when I was trying to get through a lesson in 40 minutes, but yeah. <laughs> Looking back, it's pretty funny. My If I was a student, I would have found that shit pretty hilarious. I went to like a really good school district much later than when you were teaching and we didn't have that kind of shit. That's incredible. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we got grants cuz we were in such bad shape. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, that helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't have a smart board for the first couple of years that I was teaching. So huh. I did for my last year, and that was it. Well, that's yep. still awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Until the kids were being shits. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Um, All right, next. Okay, so I have another uh, what's your top holy shit that worked moment. Um, Okay. I work on costumes in theater in New York City. About two years ago, I was sitting in the front row of a show, and a button popped off one of the costumes. The next day, I took it back to the stage door with my resume and a little note that said, this came off one of the costumes yesterday, and I thought you might want it back. And while I have your attention, here's my resume. And that oh is the God, story. so funny. Yeah. And that is the story of how I got my first job on a Broadway show. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Right? High five! <laughs> what do you have to lose? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Good job. Yeah. I salute you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is the last time. And that's how I got to be the head costume designer on Wicked. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> um, or, well, I was going to do that one. Okay. This is the last one for today. Okay. What's the most illegal thing you could do with one U.S. dollar? Oh, God. I'm Canadian. I could buy a Kinder Surprise and probably sneak it into the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was going to say you roll it up and snort cocaine through it. I don't know. <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Very nice work. Thank you. Oh, all right, let's take a quick break, okay? Okay. Uh, so speaking of really good video games, um <clears throat> hi, we're back, by the way. Um <laughs> speaking speaking of really good video games, uh the Fallen Order game, the new Star Wars game that came out at uh -huh. the end of last year is amazing. And my husband is currently playing it without me, like a big duke. Oh. So yeah. <laughs> pretty pissed but uh anyway <laughs> but anyway 
That's one of the ones that we agreed he would play through while I watch. Oh, <laughs> so I can get the really cool story. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm I not mad. And I was like, I looked at him and I was like, "The fuck are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "I'm just I've, I solved the puzzle. I'm just trying to get to a safe spot." I was like, "Looks like you're advancing the plot <laughs> without me again." <laughs> oh, this is not the first time such a betrayal has been committed. No. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> no, he's trying to get it. He's trying to do it because he wants me to play play it by myself so he can watch me be frustrated because he thinks it's funny. Mm, I see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So on to some history, shall we? Okay. All right. So I'm not going to tell you the, st- the title. Okay. Um, but this is an article from Vice.com and it was written by Harry Sward. Okay. Uh, and it was published in October of 2017. So, uh, all right. Well, now I'll go ahead and tell you. Okay. We're going to talk about gin. All right. I could show you some right now. <laughs> right? Me too. Yeah. A lovely gin and tonic would be amazing right now. <laughs> I've uh, never had a gin and tonic. I want one. Me neither. It's something that we need to try. Yeah. I know that there's lime involved and there's fizzy and it just sounds delicious. <laughs> and there's fizzy so, and... There's fizziness. Yeah. It just, it sounds amazing. And I feel like it'd be really good if we did a tequila and tonic too. I would be, I would be down for that too. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. Anything okay, that so. involves alcohol. <laughs> if it'll get me drunk <laughs> and numb the feelings. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Drown out my sorrows. Okay. So this is called How a Gin Craze Nearly Destroyed 18th Century London. Are oh. you ready? Well, shit. Yeah. This is hilarious. Okay. So uh, by 1730, an estimated. So we're, that's where we are. Okay. I thought okay. gin only destroyed families, not the 18th century <laughs> London. No, no, no. It destroyed an entire civilization. <laughs> by 19, by 17, oh, I almost said 1930. That's not correct. <laughs> by 1730, an estimated, are you ready for this? Yeah. 7,000 gin shops were turning Londoners into degenerate alcoholics. Oh, my God. <laughs> Historical accounts of violence, widespread addiction, and social devastation call to mind the early 80s craft academic. Between 1700 and 1760... Yeah. Similar. We're in a similar place here. We're in a similar place. (laughs) Oh, and there are some amazing cartoons throughout this that I will try to remember to post on our Instagram because they are amazing i cannot <laughs> wait away from posting our visual aids because it's really hard to get instagram to cooperate with different sized pictures so yeah it, it, it just makes things difficult so uh but i will try to post some of these on our on our social media because they are upsetting and also hilarious <laughs> like the one at the top of this is a gin shop and there's a dude who looks completely shit-faced Buying nice. a little thing of gin from a woman with a skull on her shoulder as a part of her dress. And behind him is a very shit-faced old woman f- pouring gin into her baby's mouth. Oh, no. a child right next to her drinking gin. 
and an 80-year-old woman behind her drinking gin. It is fucked up. I'm the 80-year-old woman <laughs> drinking so gin. Fucked. Yes. Just straight. Ugh. <laughs> and if any of you guys know anything about gin, it was not it was a liquor. It's one of the few liquors that's um that's made that is absolutely not meant to be drunk by itself. It is made as a mixer. So uh, it's like dr- drinking triple sec. Like what are you <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, triple sec is just an orange liqueur that you mix into a Cosmo or whatever, or into, um, you know, a bar- some people put it in their margaritas, but no one just, like, drinks triple sec. <laughs> 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 or blue curaco. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What do you... No. <sighs> okay. So, between 1700 and 1760, London was involved in a passionate but staggeringly destructive love affair with gin popularly known as the mother's ruin <laughs> that's it that's the title of this episode that's, that's, yes yes i love it the mother's the ruin was, yeah the mother's ruin the city was positively drowning in the stuff by 1730, an estimated 7,000 gin shops, and probably many more if one was somehow able to count the untold illegal drinking dens, were catering to the trade, with some 10 million gallons of the spirit distilled each year. Oh, wow. That's a, That's lot, a lot for that time and, period, especially. Well, that too, and, um, you know, I, uh, my ex had... A uh, my ex got a DUI while we were still together, and he had to go to you know alcoholic class or uh, whatever. Yeah, and um, I don't know what it's called, and <laughs> counseling, I guess you call it. I don't know. He had to go to the classes mm-hmm. so that he could get his license back, and um, he learned that like eighty percent of the alcohol in the world is drunk by alcoholics. Oh, I shit. think that's right. It's either eighty or ninety, but it's a fuck ton. So. You know what I'm saying? So if yeah. everyone is drinking this much spirits, everyone th- this strong of liquor, everyone is fucking addicted. Oh yeah. And so everyone is buying at an alcoholic level. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like the part in uh, f- okay, so the, they actually they showed the first uh, th- uh, an episode of Friends from the first season where Fun Bobby comes over. Oh yeah. I think it's fun. I think it's the first season. Yeah, that's when the Monica's first season. Fun Bobby. Yeah, when Monica's with Fun Bobby. I couldn't remember if it was the if Ross and Rachel were together yet. So <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute since I watched the first season. I always forget how funny it is. But um the uh where Fun Bobby comes over and they're all like, We went through six bottles of wine. We what happened? And everyone's <laughs> like, I just had a glass, I just had two, I had one and then they all look at <laughs> they look at the door <laughs> where Bobby's just gone and they're like, Whoa Oh shit. Yeah, so they showed that clip at, at my ex's class. Oh. Because he was like, oh, I've seen this, you know, of course, because I'm 100% addicted to friends. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, that really stuck with me. That was one of the things that he learned that really stuck with me forever of, like, how much you consume when you're addicted to alcohol. Yeah. You know, it's so different from my mom saying, is that your third beer? I'm like, no, it would be like, is that your 15th? Yeah. <laughs> Did you just polish off the entire six pack by yourself <laughs> in two hours? Um, every night, forever. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So Bleh. historical accounts. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> historical accounts of violence, widespread addiction, and social devastation call to mind the early 80s crack epidemic that hit the U.S. with ferocity. 
For many working-class Londoners, gin became more than a drink. It sated desperate hunger pains, offered relief from the perpetual cold, and was was a blessed hope... Oh, sorry. I can't read. <laughs> and was a blessed escape from the brutal drudgery of life in the slums okay. and workhouses. That I could sense. see. Yeah. Yeah. All if, of that makes perfect sense. Yeah. But the problem is that it doesn't actually get you give you relief from the cold you just think that you're getting relief from the cold yeah so you're still gonna get sick because you're out in the cold your body just feels warm because you've filled it with gasoline oh (laughs) god you know yeah of course liquor does help you know stave off hunger sometimes so there's that i mean it makes it makes more sense when you think of the climate that we were in in this time Mm -hmm. um this is dickens time i'm pretty sure so um, it was a cheap buzz that could be paid that could be had for pennies on any decrepit street corner stand or in the bowels of some stinking cellar, and it and it quickly wreaked havoc on inner city London because you can make it super easily. Have you ever watched Mash? Mm-mm. Oh my god, it's amazing! If you ever get, a, I think it's on Hulu right now. If you ever need just like a solid laugh, uh huh. Oh, it's so good. Okay. So, so good. It's a sitcom comedy that's also a medical comedy that's also taking place, I think, during the Vietnam War overseas. And it's so dark and so funny and so addictive. I just love <laughs> it. But they have a gin still that they've set up in their camp. Tent. Oh. <laughs> the doctors do. You're with the two surgeons. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And they sit there and they drink straight gin martinis in their... <laughs> In their tent. Oh, my God. That's how easy it is to make gin, though. Mm-hmm. They made that with shit they had around an army camp. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's how cheap it is to make and easy. So that's why it just went rampant. Yeah. It's not like it had... It's not like it's li- like whiskey where it has to age for four years in a, and go through seven Kentucky summers or whatever like it's and be offered to the god as you penance can make it in a few for... hours yes exactly you can make it in a few hours yeah. so um so I mean it was renewable and it was easy so um let me see here uh Thomas Fielding a social historian of the time wrote about the ravages of the trade on what he termed the inferior people and <laughs> Jesus! It's so fucked up. (laughs) In his seventeen fifty one political pamphlet called Are you ready for this fucking title? Oh god. Inquiry into the causes of the late increase of robbers. (sighs) (laughs) Naturally his fucking pamphlet account. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) A new kind of drunkenness. Unknown to our ancestors is lately sprung up among us, and which, if not put to put a stop to, will infallibly destroy a great part of the inferior people. <laughs> the drunkenness I here intend is, by this poison called gin, <laughs> the principal sustenance, if it may be so called, of more than a hundred thousand people in this metropolis. He is the absolute worst. I think it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
This is like the old Twitter. I love it when they throw in these little political pamphlets because it's 100% the Twitter shit throwers of the day. Like, Oh, yeah. This is not new. This is not new behavior, you guys. It, it is not. We've always been assholes. It's just what do we have available to make us be public assholes? <laughs> did, oh you ever, did you ever get pamphlets when you were in church? Like the little pamphlets that they would put on the backs of toilets or that they would give no. you to give to your friends? I grew up in an old Baptist church, and they gave us hellfire and damnation pamphlets to give out to people. And, like, they would have them in the little girls' bathrooms to read, you know, while you're taking a shit. That Um, makes sense. While you get your first period and think about why you can't masturbate. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great times. (laughs) All right. Wow. Yeah. dark. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But why gin? Why did this particular spirit, rather than risky or brandy, say, cause such widespread devastation? <laughs> oh my god. Because it was of the so devil. Funny. Okay. It says, it says, there's like a bold quote here in the middle that says, uh, Make no mistake, we're not talking any kind of dry, botanical-based sophistication here. <laughs> the gin of the 18th century was a throat-searing, eye-reddening, vomit-churning hell broth. <laughs> hell broth. We need, hell broth. <laughs> we need to make... hell broth and tonic. Yeah. <laughs> we need to make a, um, a, a fucking cocktail called hell broth. Yes. Write it down. Absolutely not. (laughs) I'll write it down when I listen (laughs) to this later. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling future you to write it down. Okay. During Britain's many years of war with France, the French brandy that had previously flowed in London pubs, pubs became unfashionable, unpatriotic, even, and was thus increasingly difficult to get a hold of. So that makes sense because, you know. Once you call yeah. something Helberoth, it's fucked forever. No, that's that's the gin. <laughs> We're talking about brandy. Oh, brandy. brandy Sorry, brandy. Because they're at war. They came from France, and they were at war with France, and they don't like France now, uh, so it it's unpatriotic to drink brandy. Okay. Sorry, I got lost. Yeah. Okay. No, you're good. <laughs> you're still on Helberoth, which is still so funny. <laughs> I am. Forgiven. I'm so digging Parliament that. Was pa- <laughs> Parliament then passed a number of legislative measures designed to increase domestic spirit production and break the French stranglehold on the market. So they wanted to increase their own population to make it. And basically, they're trying to get people to buy locally. Yeah. Because everyone hated the French. Even the French hated the French. Yes. (laughs) It was a rough time for the French. You can tell... Uh, sorry, sidebar. You, I just listened to the uh, syphilis episode of um, This Podcast Will Kill You not too long ago, mm-hmm. again, because it's amazing and hilarious. And um, you can tell who hated who by what they called syphilis. Ah. Like, in one country, it was the Spanish the Spanish sickness and in one it was the Polish sickness and one it was the Russian disease disease and what you know what oh I'm my saying? god like yeah just, who do who do we hate these people gave it to us <laughs> yeah wow oh oh so funny so there's a lot to be said so uh, this is the kind of stuff that I love because this is the the ripple effect of being on the front what the front lines of history mm-hmm. I like being on in the background and seeing what 
little butterflies that yields you know what i'm saying like yeah we're with brant so now we're not drinking brant like w- there's so many puzzle pieces and dominoes that knock over to to get us to this place and i think it's really funny and cool <laughs> All right, so a corresponding drop in food prices ensured that working people had a larger disposable income to spend on booze. Look mm-hmm. at that. Yes. Thus was born the perfect storm. Yeah, sounds about While right. Gin, yes. While gin maintained a generally urbane and sophisticated image in the 20th century, bringing to mind the world-weary crumple chic of Humphrey Bogart in Casablanca, or perhaps Ian Fleming propped up, propping up the bar on his third industrial strength martini, it bears... <laughs> <laughs> or Bond, James Bond, shaken, not stirred. <laughs> it bears mentioning to the it bears mentioning that the drink consumed in 18th century London was a far grislier beast. <laughs> hell broth. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell broth. Orig- yes, man. A grisly beast. I love that. <laughs> That's another cocktail. The grisly beast. Yeah. Origi- originally imported from Holland in the l- in the late 17th century, the original Dutch spirit known as Geneva G, uh, which is J E N E V E R, so Jennifer. Okay. Was was a weaker at about thirty percent alcohol by volume drink, but gin distilled in London was fiendishly strong and very often adulterated with hideous impurities. Yikes! <laughs> so it's literally the crack e- epidemic. <laughs> make make no mistake, we're not talking about it. Oh, and this is where we've got that awesome quote. Make no mistake, we're not talking about any kind of dry botanical based sophistication here. It was more it was more of the throat searing, eye reddening, vomit churning hell broth. <laughs> turpentine turpentine spirit and sulfuric acid were common additions. Oh yikes. That's poison. In case anyone was wondering. <laughs> Turpentine is for paint thinner. <laughs> oh God! How I I don't know how people yeah. lived through that. People smoke meth. That's all shit that you make in your bathtub. Yeah, I know. I don't understand how people live through that. <laughs> oh, I don't either. It's crazy. Um, and as with American moonshine or Irish poutine, poutine which is moonshine, mm-hmm. um. Tales of blindness among those who frequented the drinking dens and gin shops in the teeming London slums were not infrequent. The infamous signage over the gaslit gin cellars read, Drunk for a penny, dead drunk for two pennies, clean straw for nothing. (laughs) The the assumption was that after spending more than a few pennies, you'd be so hammered that the only option would be to pass out on a bed of straw. Yeah. (laughs) Clean. Straw. It says clean. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, yeah, funny. no. Vomit covered. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely used and someone pissed on it. Yeah. Okay. One tragic event, however, captured the zeitgeist and caused public outcry that led to the beginning of the end of the gin craze. In 1734. Oh, this is bad. Oh, yikes. This is really bad. Okay. Okay. Uh, remember what alcohol does to your brain. Mm hmm. Uh, especially prolonged alcohol use of this nature. Mm-hmm. This is someone who's basically, these are people who are basically addicted to moonshine. Okay. Yeah. And you're also drinking fucking turpentine, which is literal paint thinner. Like what that does to your brain is 
irreversible Mm -hmm. and it's important to bear that in mind when we tell this next story so that you can figure out just so you can wrap your mind around the fact that this happened because we're about to get dark okay oh we were having so much fun i know i know but sadly all good things must come to an end In 1734, a woman named Judith Dufour strangled her two-year-old son and sold his clothes for gin. What the actual fuck? Yep. The attendant coverage ensured that Parliament, though enjoying pretty hefty taxes from the trade, had to act. See, that's why the government wasn't regulating it, because all of the alcohol's taxed, Mm -hmm. and the economy is booming because people are addicted to this substance. Yeah. So now they have to do something because now people are killing their children for money to get gin. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's what addiction does to people. Over the course of the next two decades, it passed a number of bills aimed at slowing the city's seemingly unquenchable thirst for gin. Foremost among these was the 1751 Gin Act, which prohibited distillers. Ooh, excuse me prohibited distillers from selling to unlicensed merchants and also increased the fees charged to small-time merchants. Good. So now you're keeping less in your bar, you know? Yeah. A decision that led to gin no longer being sold in small gin shops, but rather the bigger pubs where quality control was tighter. So then you're not drinking (laughs) sulfuric acid. (laughs) Oh, God. I cannot uh, imagine. I cannot no, imagine. Me neither. me neither. I mean, I'll try anything once, but not that. <laughs> um, <laughs> as historian G.M. Trevelyan Trevi- Tre- mm-hmm. sure, described in volume three of his Illustrated Social History. You ready? Mm-hmm. The Act of 1751 really did reduce the excesses of spirit drinking. It was a turning point in the social history of London, and was so considered when this time was still within living memory. But even after the blessed date, medical men still attributed an eighth of the deaths of London adults to spirit drinking. Oh. But... An eighth? The worst... Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. But the worst was over. After the middle years of the century tea... <laughs> Sorry. And after the middle years of the century tea, tea became a formidable rival to alcohol with all classes, both in the capital and in the country at large. So they were that's why they drink tea all the time. Oh. They replaced the gin with tea because you have to replace it with something. Yeah, oh my god. That's Isn't hilarious. That hilarious. That's amazing. That wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's really bad. Wow. Okay, so... So now we understand the tea addiction. Yes, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Their tea is like our coffee over there. It's just like everyone drinks like seven cups of tea a day. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. And they have specific tea times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They also call dinner tea. Oh, yeah. It's slang now. Huh? Is that your tea? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay. After the act was passed, the gin craze was immortalized in Hogarth's notorious 1751 print, Gin Lane, which I really want to fucking read. (laughs) It sounds hilarious. 
The artist depicted an inner London slum ravaged by drunkenness. A sh- oh, maybe that's what that is. Oh, it's a print. It's a it's a picture. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. It's not a book. Okay. Oh, it's right here. I'll pay, I'll try to post a picture of it. But it is absolute utter chaos, <laughs> and it's really fucked up. Wow. Um, the artist depicted an inner London slum ravaged by drunkenness. A shocking social document at the time. Gin Lane showed a tableau of deprivation. A baby dangles from a railing while its mother sits in a drunken stupor. A beggar and his dog hungrily fight over a bone. Brawling breaks out over the street and a dead body is stripped of valuables. A pawnbroker does a roaring trade as people swap their goods for money to buy more gin. Oh my god. Yep. Absolutely. Nuts yep. bananas. Absolutely. It's crazy. And people are not only pouring gin into their own mouths, but into their, like, the person next to them. <laughs> mouth. And children's mouths. It's it's nutso. I could, I could kind of understand why, like, knowing what I know about that now, I could kind of understand why they would give that to their kids. So, so that their kids, yeah, so their kids wouldn't be hungry and their kids would be warm. Like, that makes total sense. Yeah, they just had like, another lump of coal, sir. Like, this is the time. (laughs) We're just trying to stay warm. If anyone's ever been to England, it's very cold in the winter. (laughs) Oh. It's very, very cold and it's very dark. It gets dark early and, but their days are like super long when it's summertime, so... Like, it doesn't get dark up there until, like, 10. Oh, shit. It's amazing. That, uh, <laughs> no, that I could not handle. I, like, I hate I it when it, it. I hate it when it gets so that way far, here. They're so close to, it never stays light until 10 here. But it stays, it stays light so long because they're so far up north. Yeah, well, they're so close to the north. Not pole, in Kentucky, you know? but it, I, like, I have been in places where it was not dark until, like, 9 or 10 at night because I used to visit Wisconsin in the summer. Mm. So I've had I've had days where I've had to deal (laughs) with that, and it sucked because I had the opposite reaction. Um, Yeah, sad when it's late in the summer. Yes, I just need the sunshine always, always sunshine. Okay, the print was accompanied by a fiery verse from James Townley: "Gin, cursed fiend, with fury fraught, makes humans race a prey." It enters by a deadly draught and steals our life away. I like that. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. That's... I kind of want that on a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> Makes... Gin Lane was accompanied. Wait, sorry. Oh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, what were you going to say? No, it, it just took me a minute to get humans race a prey. Um, because, P-R-E-Y. Well, no, like race was what was true. <laughs> Was what was tripping oh. me up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> P-R-E-Y. Race a prey. Like. Yeah. I, hunt. Yeah. yeah. I, I get it now. But. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> prey. Prey was not the word that was tripping me up. That's funny. Yeah. All right. Gin Lane was accompanied by another print by Hogarth called Beer Street. Which, extro- which extolled the happy and carefree virtues of vast tankers of foaming ale, depicting a hive of industry as rotund and happy Englishmen, down pints of beer, the happy produce of our isle, 
We quaff thy balmy juice with glee and water leave to France. <laughs> wow. So we're trying, they're trying, it's propaganda to get people away from, because beer is, beer was much weaker then than it is now too. Mm-hmm. So like they used to have beer for breakfast. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And they still, English, England is still very drinky. Mm-hmm. Like they, uh. I think their drinking age is only 18 and they, which is amazing. And they also, they just, they generally have a drink at every meal. They'll all go break for lunch and everybody go get shit faced at the pub and come back and keep working. Yeah. (laughs) And that's allowed. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Probably not shit faced, but they have a few and then they come back and keep working and then they have more to drink with dinner and then they go to bed and then they can wake up and do it all over again, you know? Well, there's a place here in Kentucky that is next to a liquor store and you can actually go drink on your break and come back. And as long as you're not like sloshed, you can still work. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, there's a I reason. I've tried that before and I don't like it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I like to have my head clear when I'm at work. Well, well, the thing is, it's, um, it's a call center. <laughs> so oh, you yeah, might want to be sense. a little drunk while you're. <laughs> yeah. That definitely makes more sense. (laughs) Maybe on a day that I have to make a ton of cold calls, I'll take a shot at lunch or something and (laughs) then come back. Yeah. Maybe it'll up my confidence a little more. Make the nose hurt a little less. Yeah. Um, All right. So, so although cheap gin... Ooh, sorry. Hiccups. Oh. I had them bad, too, when I was doing my segment. Oh, goodness. I'm almost done. Okay, so although cheap gin was held in disrepute for some time, in recent years, the real thing has returned to favor in the capital. A selection of small distilleries have opened up in London and are winning accolades for their botanical-laden distillations. Hmm. Yeah, gin just recently came back into fashion. Yeah. Um, Sipsmith's has won awards for its London Dry Gin, while East London Liquor Company is equally interested in quality old methods of distillation, infusing its gin with grapefruit peel, cardamom, and cubeb berries? Cubeb? C-U-B-E-B? I don't know what those are. Hmm. Among many other botanicals. But that's the thing about gin is that it's supposed to be very, like, herbaceous. Yeah. Which is why it li- it, it pairs well with a good mixer. Yeah. Um, and I know, it's, especially if it's got stuff like grapefruit peel and spices and stuff, it'll pair really well with a good fruit juice. So, like, I think there's a really good, like, there's some really good, like, grapefruit gin cocktails and, Ooh, yeah. you know, stuff like that. That's, like, um, stuff that's, it pairs well with, I feel like it would pair well, well with something that's very sharp like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's why it goes really good in like mules and things like that. Yeah. So, um, it's all rather polite and certainly far removed from the days of staggering out of the gym shop with a pint of poisonous (laughs) fight juice. (laughs) Fair. A pint of, a pint of poisonous fight juice. (laughs) This has some of the best phrases. Oh, fight juice. Don't. Yes. The number one rule of fight juice. You don't talk about fight juice. <laughs> yeah. Don't drink the fight juice. <laughs> oh, uh, new t-shirt goodness. idea. <laughs> yes, the first rule about fight juice. Don't Second drink. rule about fight juice. Do not talk about fight juice. 
if this is your first night at Fight Juice, you have to drink. <laughs> you have to break the. F- <laughs> you have to break the yes. first rule. <laughs> and yes. drink the Fight Juice. <laughs> goodness so funny all right but this is from oh this is again it's from vice.com it's a series called munchies that they do and i thought that was really funny yeah that's awesome good job yeah thank you you're welcome oh man totally uh so this was also inspired by an episode of the dollop they did a whole like england spinoff that's fucking hilarious because the brits are crazies Uh uh-huh and um yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome yeah so I, that's where i first heard of it and then i i found this lovely article that just <laughs> made me smile so much <laughs> it just has the best phrases in it so yeah yeah so next time you take a swig of gin and tonic think about uh you know fight juice think about the history yes the hell broth <laughs> that it used to be <laughs> oh, oh what, goodness. what was it the oh fuck where'd it go um the mother's ruin think about the mother's ruin the mother's ruin what would your mother say (laughs) i feel like the best place to get gin would probably be holland because it sounds like that's where it was kind of invented yeah you know so they've probably been making it for the longest amount of time and they've probably refined it really well Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah Kind of like how the best place to get bourbon whiskey is in Kentucky because we, uh, you know, we've perfected it here. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. A drink for thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say food for thought, but that didn't work. So, it didn't make any sense. All right, you guys. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, find us on all the social medias. Thank you for your patience while we go through this very busy time in our lives. Um Thank you for listening, of course, (laughs) and uh, spread the word. Tell your friends and family about us so that we can grow our listenership. And remember, you are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcrooked.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.